Greetings, my jujitsu brothers and sisters, and welcome back to the Subbed Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Kintanen Wentworth, and joining me, making his triumphant return to the podcast, my favorite co-host, Randall Rand486 Roberts. Hey, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, along with him, we have Kat, uh, who will be representing um, some some knowledge as far as sponsorship and stuff goes. Kat, say a couple of words about yourself. Sup? Hi, I'm Kat. And <laughs> our very special guest, uh, we have Missy Estrada with Fight to Win, who has agreed to join us on the podcast to talk about running Fight to Win and kind of how they do things. Missy. Hey, y'all. All right. Um, because we have a very information-dense podcast, we're going to skip some of the things we normally do and jump directly into our topic. We're going we're gonna to start with Missy. So, Missy, if you could just give us a quick rundown of kind of who you are and what you do with Fight to Win and what Fight to Win does, uh, we will then move into asking a bunch of inane questions, which will no doubt annoy you. <laughs> um, my name's Missy Estrada. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm, one, I'm part of the ownership team at Fight to Win. Uh, it's a team of seven people, and we travel the country putting on uh, uh, the biggest party and grappling shows. Uh, it's a jiu-jitsu concert featured one match at a time, UFC style, on a raised platform. We pay our grapplers to compete. Uh, last year, we paid out a million dollars, and uh, it's just something that we see growing and, and becoming bigger and better. Which, that million dollar figure is very impressive. I, I, that is that is fantastic for the sport and for you guys. I think it is amazing that that kind of money is flowing into pure jujitsu, um, and I cannot say enough good things. Um, I, I the only the only thing I have ever not liked about Fight to Win is that uh, I have to deal with flow grappling in order to to watch you guys. <laughs> so, but um, real quick, so you guys paid out. A million dollars in prize money. Sure. If you don't mind me asking, how like how does that affect y'all's bottom line? Do you guys make a decent amount of money? Do we have to be worried that Fight to Win is gonna pay itself broke in the next couple of years because you're not getting viewership or you're not getting a return on that? Um, well, uh, part of uh, part of what makes our group work is the seven of us are absolute animals in our respective areas. Uh, part of my personal area of expertise is continuous process improvement. I have an extensive background in the automotive industry and in factory production and import-export um, TPS. I've got Kaizen experience, management experience, budget experience, uh, customs regulations experience. Everything we do, I control. I control the budget 100% and I make sure everything lines up from a cost perspective. Um, I refuse to let this business fail because it brings so much value to so many people's lives. Which that is beautiful to hear because I know everybody's like favorite promotion when it debuted, Metamorris, right? They put on a huge, big show, big names, right? They were paying out big money and then all of a sudden they didn't have any money. And hearing that you guys are taking good steps to avoid a situation like that really is very comforting to, to us. Um, in general, uh, in the grappling community, because it's such a great show. Um, uh, we t we take steps to improve every single show. At the every at the end of every single show, we all have a, a discussion of uh, what went right, what went wrong, and what can we do to improve the next show. 
And uh, it's just something that we're super duper passionate about. And most all of us are grapplers ourselves. So we're just going to work our ass off until we just make it bigger and better. That's awesome. I'm I'm curious how you solicit uh, um, more information from the, you know, the viewers and that kind of thing. Um, I know a couple of organizations are much better at just asking very openly and responding. uh, um, And then there are some other organizations that are a little more closed, we'll say, to, uh, so I'm I'm curious if you have powwows after every single uh, event, how do you, how do you figure out what the, what the viewers are, are looking for? Oh, they 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 directly message us on the internet, bro. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not hard to find. I'm really not hard to find, and people are real, real easy to bitch at me. So I'm 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 easy to talk That's to, fair. man. The jujitsu community's <laughs> been very vocal. Yeah, it's, I've had the same experience. Yeah, yeah I mean, if <laughs> if you watch um, what happens after every grappling industries event, like there people are not afraid to complain that is for damn no, sure and they will find you to complain about it they also uh foster that conversation they were actually the example i was thinking of yeah. they'll post on social media regularly mm-hmm. you know what do we need to change and they've changed their rule sets as a result right um that's that's exactly why i was curious like what kind of strategies are you taking to 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 hear what they want but yeah i i've totally experienced that myself as well is that people are very engaged in this sport they tend to be happy to share that information with you if even if you don't ask <laughs> you know i mean i mean i hate to be a bitch about it but at the end of the day the people that are making all the complaints don't know what the fuck goes into it so i take it with a grain of salt and i concentrate on myself if i if i worried about what everybody said on the internet i wouldn't be doing shit right now right and that's generally true that's what we see like the biggest loudest complainers are the people with the least stake in whatever's going on it's the vocal Every minority right yeah yeah so um and what so one of the things that I've kind of wondered in the past is how you guys determine who's going to be on your cards um, and and what do you do anything to try to make sure that the the matchups and your matchmaking and stuff is going to generate uh, interest beyond the local uh, venue right like do you do you pick matchups with an eye towards the pay-per-view um Views or or is it really focused mostly on the local venue and drawing in local people to watch? For me personally, uh, the top of the card is great and it's are always great and exciting. But for me, it's super important for me to let that local community know that we're trying to build them up and, and get them to a point where if grappling is something that really can make them money, they'll have an opportunity with us. You know, if they do good, you know, people look at our payment structure and say, it's not fair. Not everybody got a million dollars and, you know, what the fuck ever. We're giving people opportunities and we, we have a bonus, we have a loyalty bonus system. If they continue mm-hmm. to win, they get pay increase. You know, we have a lot of, of very smart stuff built into our process. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Seth is, is, is an amazing businessman. He's amazing, an amazing salesman. He's got a really great talent for putting the right people on the bus and, and, the seven of us just work our ass off to just make it happen. And I, my main focus is letting those local talents know that if, even if you come from a hole in the wall gym and you only have 20 students on the mat, if you have talent and you're able to beat somebody out here, you know what, you can build off of that. 
you know, and, and we're, we're at the point now where we've had people that were just local guys or they're up for title matches now. Mm-hmm. So generally, you know, generally speaking, yeah, yeah. right. About how many applications do you guys get for people wanting to compete on a, a fight to win pro show prior to the show? Um, I would say about at least about 200. Um, right now, my Miami applicants are in the upwards of 500, and that it's been a, a yeah. beast to deal with. And then the Miami crowd's looking pretty pretty hot right now. Florida's got such a huge scene. Yeah, sure, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, Miami um, and Orlando and Tampa are massive. I have a question because this is actually going to help me later. Um, what is the evaluation process um, for you guys when you decide to take on? Um, a sponsorship for an athlete or help promote an athlete that, like you said, is like just some Joe from around the corner at a gym that nobody knows even exists. Like, how do you decide to pick that person over somebody else? We don't. We don't know. We don't okay. know. The, 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 part, of, part of the thing about, you know, the beauty of jiu-jitsu is anybody could be anybody's day, mm-hmm. you know. Any any day could be anybody's day, and we you know every time we travel to a city, we 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 hear the buzz. About, I do a lot of research on the athletes. You know, I don't like to say that a lot because people end up sending me videos and please watch my <laughs> yeah. videos. Like it's really fucking hard for me to deal with that shit. Yeah, it's a lot. Of I, I already do the I already do the job of like twelve people by myself. I don't hardly sleep, and it's hard for me to read resumes and watch video videos on top of the resumes and videos I'm already watching. I put my heart and soul into, re, you know, making sure I know, you know, who I'm talking to and in, in, in the community and, you know, Seth does the same thing. So some there, you know, we do have a science behind how we do matchups and we do try to make sure that the budget supports, you know, what we need for the show. And it's very important that we, you know, we, we keep a really tight budget because I'm kind of an asshole about it, but <laughs> I have to be. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So that that certainly does make it sound like if you as an athlete have a a higher social media profile in your area, that you are more likely to kind of draw attention and draw your spot on that card, though, right? Like, because if one hundred percent true, one hundred percent true. If you have a big following and people like you and you're charismatic, that's a big, big plus for you. You know, we. It, people people will want to come see you and you know especially if you go out there and you have an exciting match more people will want to come see you and and that's not that's not the main thing because one of the last things that, that Seth says when we close up the show is the whole purpose of the show is the people that come to watch the folks that we put on stage we want those joys, those people to join y'all's gyms we want those spectators be, to become white belts that's it so you that- know that's an interesting uh, question as well. Like, do you do you think that you get a lot of spectators who don't currently train? Because my experience is that most of the people that are interested in watching jujitsu are people that are already training jujitsu. We don't get a lot of people who are watching it as pure spectators. Has y'all's experience mm-hmm. been that you do get a decent number of pure spectators? One hundred percent, yes. Because at this point, when somebody has you know, a, a, a 40, 40 hour a week job and then they go to work and then jujitsu is their hobby and they get an opportunity to go showcase what they love as a passion on the stage. Their coworkers come, their mom come, their That's grandmas, their, their cousins are there, their brothers and sisters or family come. And I, on the very second show that we did, the Houston show, one person told me that five members of their family joined the gym the following day. 
<laughs> I had athletes have their brothers, cousins show up to the gym the next day with Fight to Win Pro shirts on. It, it's growing the sport. It's helping with blue belt retention because the blue belts that are you know about to leave the gym say, hey, if I make it to purple belt, I have an opportunity to go fight on that show. Right. And it, it does give you something like that's a path, right? Like, oh, this is a way I can make money doing this. I can support my, my hobby and make money and use that as a platform to make more money doing bigger things and bigger things, more money within the same organization, a platform to larger organizations and things like that. And I think that that is one of the primary um, benefits of you guys having such a large tournament circuit and being everywhere. Well for me in my mind I am the largest organization so <laughs> I, I, think you, I mean you guys are almost certainly the largest one that actually is doing paid fights right as far as like the number of shows you put on and the the breadth of the shows where you're putting them on you know and and the total yeah, I mean, amount of I know money I'm not, right? I know I'm not really the biggest and best and the most richest or whatever I mean, but man I guarantee you me and my squad put the most heart and love and and soul into this shit and we I, do it for everybody i think like in terms of total prize money given out it would be very difficult for any other organization to say that they're bigger than you guys right because it's, it's true ebi i mean in theory they can put out like 50 grand a show or whatever but that's it and they do like one show every four months that's nothing right and half of the time people don't even win <clears throat> that much money on there right and they're one of the biggest ones Okay, yeah, Dave Dave in the Discord is correcting me. EBI's maximum <laughs> is 20k a show and they do four shows a year, right? So if they just max it out, they're they're putting out 80 grand. That's not that's a drop compared to what you guys do, right? Yeah, but yeah, but Eddie's shows are really dope and they're they super are. fun to watch. They're fantastic. Oh, yeah, I don't think anyone's speaking no. ill of them. I just it's they're great. Numbers, that's yeah. all, yeah. And I I take I I really take my I have a lot of respect for Eddie and Casey and all mm -hmm. these dudes that put on the EBI stuff. They're they're really you know huge inspirations right. to me. Uh, Casey's a really great friend to me. Um, they you know my my husband was able to get on EBI too. I mean it means a lot to me to have a great relationship mm -hmm. with great people like and that, I, and it means a lot to me. I to, love to, what to, they're doing with the I, sport too, right? The profile <laughs> that they give with the, like having the fight pass agreement and really getting the advertisement shows some more like pure jujitsu at a higher level, but it's not super accessible to your average, you know, True. purple yeah. belt that has a good local following, right? They're not really going to make it to EBI, but they can get on a fight to win show, put on a great display, and then maybe they have a chance at EBI. Right at that greater exposure, things like that. You guys are a huge organization. Like, don't think that you're not the biggest. Because I, I feel like, like with pure volume of putting out prize money and putting on shows, you guys may actually be the biggest. So. Well, I my 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 whole my whole motivation is I always remind myself that I'm 100% replaceable, and it motivates me to work as hard as I can <laughs> to and, to keep pushing this, everything forward. Right, and like. No offense to you guys, but I would love to see a good competitor to you guys spring up, right? Somebody that's also able to put on great shows and pay athletes and make it even bigger, right? And we don't really see anybody on the horizon that does that. Polaris does a couple of shows a year that are okay, and they pay some guys, but it, they're not on your level, you know? So we're, we're, we see see folks doing things. The um, UAE BJJ folks, the... Um, the Abu Dhabi Pro guys, 
they're, for sure. They're amazing. Their tournaments are amazing. They're paying people, but they're mostly, as far as I can tell, in Europe and the surrounding area. I, I think they've only done a couple of shows in the U.S. Yeah, it's 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 actually pretty hard for me to keep up with other organizations. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I mean, it's 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 uh, right now it's. Uh, still February and I'm really working on the Miami show right mm-hmm. now, which is at the end of March. You, and I just got done with uh, Denver. Too, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I just got done doing the Denver show. And, and after the Denver show, we had a, uh, our 21st tournament of champions here in Denver. Mm-hmm. We had some pretty sick medals that looked like nothing but giant bling. I saw those. They're ridiculous, <laughs> which I, I regret not having been able to watch that one. Um, but so yeah, you guys have done three shows this year already, right? Um, we've done, I want to say, six shows already. Six shows! Oh my goodness! So yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Just going through the results, yeah. There's that's so yeah. many shows. My God, yeah, you guys yeah, put the on goal a is, lot of stuff. The how, goal is forty by the end of the year. So how like? How big of a crew do you guys have? Do you how much do you rely on people local to the area when you roll in um, for not for your much support? At all. Really, really, not so, so much. yeah. Like photographers, it's, it's, all the transport, all of the like equipment, everything. You truck all of it with you. We got we got a we got a mostly fly crew. There's eight of us total. Uh, okay. There's myself, myself and Seth do all the planning and we do all the logistics and operations stuff, and then we've got. Uh, Troy Everett. We've got Brittany Elkin, who also fights on Bellator. We've got Evan Burke, Jill Harvey, um, Q Lee, and um, our new guy, Ben Rumsdahl. And that's the bulk of us. We've got uh, a couple of engineers. We've, I've, myself, I'm a high-level operations manager. Seth is a pretty high-level manager himself. Everybody, every position that we have on our squad, we have the beastliest in their respective area of expertise. So we, my focus is keeping the budget to a minimum. We've got somebody that does our visual, and then we've got Mike Columbus on photography. Who he, me and Mike live in in Houston. Mm-hmm. I think we, everybody. We I think pretty like, much everybody knows Mike Columbus. I doubt there's anybody yeah. in jujitsu yeah, that doesn't. That's the homie. <laughs> the homie Mike is. That's my one of my very best friends on this planet. He works very hard. He creates a lot of beautiful memories for all the people that, that we bring on the show. And if you haven't seen the pictures, you should check them out. It's MikeColumbus.com, MikeColumbusPhotography.com. He's got to give you $5 for that endorsement now. You can't. There's no, no free advertising. you got to get something for that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, he, he, that's my brother. He will give me any old thing that I need. He, he's got my back. Awesome. I, I am actually yeah. right. I am actually kind of surprised to hear that you guys bring like your whole crew and don't rely on um, local support for for much, if anything. That's I think that's fairly that's fairly you know unique. What? That's um I don't know. No, Naga runs like that. I've worked for Naga a whole bunch of times, and they just they have like a crew that they just fly around the country, and they have two different crews because they'll have two tournaments in 
two different cities well, like every weekend so they have like two flight crews and two trucks and they just coordinate like that and then every once in a while they hire local help but it's only like one or two people and all they do is man tables uh every time yeah. naga rolls through here they put out a call for referees and table yeah, like personnel yeah, naga every Atlanta single time is, like, super big though isn't it the one in new orleans was always kind of small like they all do, they ever did was get uh like table people they do us. i think three shows per year in or around atlanta and yeah. all of them, they recruit, like, their people from my gym that go out to work tables and stuff so they can compete. Usually yeah. a couple of our coaches are refereeing, things like that. So I know... Yeah, but they have, like, a core staff that travels. That... That's what I'm saying. It's like they well, have yeah. that core staff that travels everywhere, trains everybody however they need to train everybody. But, like, they're the ones that are the, like, they're running the whole operation, yeah. basically. Like, it's, it's uh, I think it's more common than you think. I think, like, a lot of tournament circuits, they have their core group of people. And then I think, especially the bigger ones, like, I know, like, fights to win is more of like a smaller one on like the submission only thing so it's not like AGF or Naga where it's like 20 mats at a time you know it's um so it is definitely a bigger operation but like I think it's it's very similar you know everybody has their core group of people mm -hmm. that they travel around with yeah. yeah that's correct we we do the only people that I recruit locally are three refs because we we do bring our head ref um to kind of uh man the squad if uh, so to speak no, just to make sense. sure that yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we, get, we just get three local refs, and a lot of times I do look, try to look for local commentators. That way, they know mm -hmm. a lot about the athletes that are on the stage and stuff like that. I will say, I That's cool. the the quality of commentary across most of the jujitsu promotions could be improved by having me do it all. But <laughs> other than that, it's okay. okay. You can you, uh, get, you can fight Kurt Osiander for that spot. He's pretty awesome. Kurt's hilarious. I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure if awesome is the correct uh, commentary oh, title for that, yeah, but he, hilarious is definitely got, there. You totally got kicked off at San Jose. <laughs> they made me pull him off the mic. I made it all the way to the brown belts, though. That's impressive, actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. Let me think if I had any other um, specific questions about Fight to Win beyond that. Um, let me see. All right, so now we're going to go to the people who are listening uh, in the Discord. Do any of you guys have questions about Fight to Win real quick? Um, or the, the promotion in general, how they run it, any of their rules, how they decided on rules? Actually, I do kind of have a question. How much uh, of the rules are just negotiated by the people who are going to be in the match? ahead of time like they decide oh well we we, we want to have heel hooks or we don't want to have heel hooks we want to have slams we don't want to have slams we want to do gi I want to wear gi pants I don't want to wear gi pants yeah <laughs> I want there to be kissing or I don't want there to be kissing yeah or whatever it is no you know the uh, for <laughs> yeah there's been kissing there's been kicking and punching there's been all kinds of crazy oh my. shit oh my. <laughs> No, uh, we have a rules meeting before every uh, uh, weigh-in to kind of explain anything with teens and kids. There's no attacks below the waist and no no uh, spinal um, submissions. Above that, pretty much everything's legal except for reaping in the gi. Um, no heel hooks in the gi and no reaping in the gi. That's pretty much it. Slams are all legal. Pretty much everything ever, uh, beyond that is legal. Nice. Which I love. I, I was wondering if that was up to the competitors. Slams any time? Uh, 
Yes, and there are no verbal submissions. And no verbal submissions. Nice. nice. Okay. Well, you right. have to specifically. If, if, the only way you can verbally tap is if you specifically say tap. tap. Right. It, an yeah. ex a, a grunt of pain or something is not a submission yeah. under these rules, which yeah. is totally reasonable and great. Um, I think that should be something like across the board. You know, because sometimes you just have to make noises. Right. And I think the IBJJF are the only ones that really get, get you know, real down on the whole, you made a noise, you're done kind of yeah. thing. Right. So. It's like, really, man, I can't grunt because somebody just shoved their knee into my sternum? Right. Thanks, bro. It's so, because of IBJJF yeah. that I've mastered that stoic, complete silence kind of role, you know. Right. But, but in the gym, I'm totally the chatterbox, so yeah. it's, it's the total opposite. Yeah. Dude, not yeah. being able to talk to the refs is actually a legitimate problem for me at IBJJF events because I competed yeah. so much at U.S. <laughs> Grappling where I'm oh, like, I'm, yeah, me too. I'm buddies with the ref and my opponent and the table workers, so we're having like a three-way conversation during the role, stuff like yeah. that. So um, that's exactly how situations like when, when Gabby Garcia years ago, you know, told the ref, hold on, I have an arm cramp and walked <laughs> off the mats and got DQ'd. That's exactly how that kind of mentality happens. Right. You know someone for so long. <laughs> right. You just end up chatting with them. Um, so we do have a question from the Discord. Um, Peanuts is wondering if you guys have looked into any streaming options besides Flow, uh, because Flow's not super duper popular. Um,. I mean, we are not stupid people, is all I can say. And we do know we we do have an engineer that, and we do have capabilities to do things on our own. However, we do have a wonderful relationship with Flow, and that's kind of you know what helps us stay in production because they right. do help us pay the bills and they do treat us wonderful. And they do provide us with a lot of benefits, mm -hmm. but it's not because we are lacking in knowledge. Right. Me, I'll just say that. You know. Yeah, I and that's that's what I've heard from other um, organizations that have worked with them on the broadcast side is that flow like flow purchases exclusive rights, but they also handle everything from start to finish. So it's a very convenient relationship to have. Um, with them as a incorrect. service, so incorrect, yeah. uh, incorrect. All we do is send them the video. Yeah, we do everything ourselves. All we do oh. is send them that the video. Seems horrible, then, but um, I it may seem horrible, but I there's some intricacies within yeah. the things that we do that are that are it's a it's a complete win win situation. Yeah. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you. I'm I'm kind of a dick face. I would not enter a situation where it's not a win-win situation. <laughs> right. um, I'm pretty hardcore I don't when think it comes that's to a dick face budget. thing to do. That's right. a pretty benevolent thing to do. I'm, I think that's I think you may be obligated to do that as a business owner to enter into only win-wins, right? Like, <laughs> well, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I will say this: there's a lot of people out there that don't believe in win-win situations, and I am what yeah. I'm a 100% proponent in the win-win situation. I will never enter mm -hmm. an agreement that does not benefit the counterpart as well yeah. that is how you yeah, create right, relationships right. is you if somebody's making money for you you find a way to make money back for them and i believe in that so hard and some people just believe in taking fuck those people let's mm -hmm. make this shit bigger all together yeah. so i mean 
so on that note and on the topic of flow grappling, their relationship with the community has been kind of rocky, right? They definitely have less goodwill from the community than you guys have, right? If you took a poll of a thousand random people from jujitsu and asked them which one they liked better, you guys would definitely be way higher on the <laughs> list, right? So do you think that, you know, the kind of ill will that the community might bear flow may affect you guys negatively uh, in the future if flow continues to have that kind of rocky relationship? My product speaks for itself, homie. I don't, I don't, yeah. you know, what they do, yeah. what they do, they speak for themselves. So I don't speak for them. I, I don't think anyone really passes on flow. You know, I would personally, I would love to see, you know, open videos that are open for exactly the reason that uh, that you were saying earlier, which was, you know, you can get more people involved if you have more visible video out there, mm -hmm. right? Uh, if it was visible on YouTube. But I've, I've never heard a single person claim that a venue or an organizer is at all affected by using flow. I think we all just wish flow was a little more... Was better? Uh, accessible. Accessible. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the thing though is that there's not really another service like Flow that makes the video streaming easily monetizable for the business. Like it's it might be inconvenient for the consumer because they have some kind of bad relationship for whatever reason. But I think Flow has a really good way of monetizing the video service for yeah. their customers. I mean, you know, not, actually... like, not like not the the viewer customer, but like the streaming customer. Sure. Absolutely. That's actually why I was surprised to hear you say that you guys do the video and then you send it to them. So I, my impression was that flow is beneficial for organizers because it's uh, they they handle all of it, right? They they figure out all the logistics and they deal with all that. So how come you guys decided to do all the video yourselves and then send it to them? It's the way like, the why process. Are you doing the work. Really that's question. we're we're our, we have we have our crew there doing the filming and 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 everything like that. That's just the way the process works. Okay. I mean, but, people people can look at Flow and say, "Oh, did they go out there and set up all those IBJJF mats?" No, the fuck they didn't. You know, they they have nothing to do with that shit. But uh, I mean, they're just as, are they do, are they doing? I guess this is where the confusion is. I always they were the ones doing the filming and setting up the cameras and own the cameras and everything. Um, I don't know what the fuck they do. I only know what I do. So, <laughs> okay. Which, no, that's a great answer. Which, to me, that like that further reduces the value add that they produce in my mind. Like, if they're just it, the streaming you know service, I, you know. It's easy for you to say that right. because all you do is open your computer and look at it. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous yeah. because that's the same thing as somebody coming to my door and saying, why don't you just let me in? It's just one person. I use that <laughs> right. ticket money to pay for all this shit that you see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This isn't free. I, I don't want to turn this into a, a flow fest. Right. Just, yeah. I have to pay for electricity. There, all this shit that I have to pay for it, it would not, it would blow your fucking mind. <laughs> the, it, what I take off the yeah. top is nothing. When our show reaches a certain level of profitability, we double the purses for the athletes. Right. We don't take that off the top for ourselves. We have a business model and a business plan that works for us, and flow works with us. Right. You can think whatever you want about flow. No. That's not, you know, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea what your ill will comment towards flow is. And, I, and I'm not really interested in going and looking into it because my no, concern I, is I agree. I, didn't, I don't think any of us intended to turn this into no, a, no, no. a flow hate fest or anything. We were, no. I think it just hit a curiosity that we right. all have. That's all. 
Yeah, and it's not as if there's a real alternative to flow for any of these organizations, right? It's either you do all of the infrastructure yourself and all of the streaming yourself, or you turn yeah. it over to somebody who has a history and a well-established model for doing it, right? Regardless of whether the community is, is super in love with flow or not, right? They well, do a I good think, job. Um, I think it... I was in, I was playing around with YouTube earlier um, for school, and uh, I actually noticed on there that you can set up your account to do live streaming, and you can yeah. do it to to thing where it's like a, somebody pays to watch your live streaming too. They have mm -hmm. the those kind of settings, so people can actually just do it straight through they're, YouTube now too. They're no, starting, but that goes back to the logistics issue that you were yeah. touching on earlier, which yeah. is like, now you got to deal with all the yeah. Right, you right, have right, to manage that's all that. Saying, that's... Like, this is. This is where Flow comes in because Flow takes care of all the background noise. Like you just, mm -hmm. you know, you do the video, boom, done. Like that's it. If they if they handle all this, all the other stuff, so you can focus on what you're actually like trying right. to do, like you know, put on the show. Then that's one thing that they don't have to take care of. So it's something that's a convenience factor, I think, right. more than anything else. You know, and that's and, and that's fine. That's a great decision for the business if it helps you monetize and then. You know, it yeah. also gets the product out there. I mean, who cares if there's a couple right. of people who don't like the way it's done? Mostly, like, everybody yeah. else is still paying yeah. money to see Mostly, it. I'm just surprised that Flow isn't sending out... I mean, I guess I'm less surprised about that for Fight to Win that has so many shows that Flow isn't sending out their own, like, video crew to do the video and bring the, the footage back and stuff like that. Because I think they... How does that make any sense from a budget standpoint? Explain it to me. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly well, I mean, why trying, I had... If you right. want to purchase exclusive rights to the video, you would think that they would do, make the they video would, Right. Because, like, yeah. they... How, but, they yeah, but that's part of how our deal works, and you guys right, have yeah. no idea how it works. And that's you guys why we're asking questions. That's why we're on this podcast. I'm, right. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna I'm not going to tell you the details of the contract. Well, you don't right, have but, to. But, yeah, but, hang, hang on, hang on. Give me a chance Give me a chance to talk and hear me out that's for right. a second. Don't, don't everybody jump down my throat. I'm not going to tell you the details of the contract because it doesn't make sense to do that. All I'm asking you guys is to say, hey, maybe my solution doesn't make sense because I don't know everything. That's it. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone meant to, to put this on the offensive. I think we all just have, you know, all these ideas and everything. Yeah, we're, we're just, and, and honestly, we learned a lot from yeah. just finding out that we're all know, just very I, curious I always, people. Yeah. Right. I have, and I'm willing to share the information, yeah. but when everybody well, jumps yeah. down my throat at the same yeah. time and doesn't let me talk, I can't say shit. It's fine. Oh, I think we're just excitable. Yeah, I'm but, sorry uh, about that. Yeah. But like, um, because they they like they did send people to ADCC to do filming, right? So most of our experience with Flow and how they manage shows and stuff is for the like larger one or two event a year promotions, right? How they interact with somebody that's putting on thirty to forty shows in a year, no, like that's not something that we really hear about, right? So yeah, it's just interesting to hear, right? To, yeah. I mean, they have a limited crew just like right. us. I can't really yeah, speak exactly. for them. I, I don't know but, what the yeah. fuck they do every day. I can only tell you what I yeah. do. They also have like, because um, they're they're more than just flow uh, for jujitsu. They also have like flow wrestling and things like that. And uh, I think that they send crews out to a lot of the wrestling meets, right? So that they're the ones doing the filming on those. And there's quite a lot of those. But I don't know how many of those or if it's only the bigger ones that they do. So... It's it's interesting to see how much effort you guys do have to put in to get the videos to them to then get onto their platform. 
but thinking about how many shows it is, not very surprising. So, all right. Um, any more questions from the Discord people about... Now they're all talking about the possibility of streaming <laughs> on Twitch. Oh, oh Jesus. God. Yeah. Bunch of four this is the problem a, with the geek a bunch of five dollar subscriptions. I'm not sure that's gonna work, guys. Um, oh Lord. All right, yeah. So anybody else um, in the Discord over here got questions? Okay, this is a good one. All right, so if you if you don't mind, what is the biggest problem that you guys have run into that you don't yet have a solution for? Like something that you've run into that just it's an issue, you've worked on it, but you don't have a solution you're happy with or you don't have a good solution for it. Whew. That's a... Man, that's kind of a hard one. Um, I, I mean, there's a... I mean, just there's maybe certain items that we just have no solution to other than carrying by hand that are heavy as fuck, man. <laughs> This shit is heavy, and sometimes we have to carry it upstairs. I mean, I can't, I can't really think of anything in regards to that. But I know it's a good question, and as soon as we finish talking, I'm going to think of something. Yeah, because there's there's always that one thing that's like this pops up every five shows, and we still haven't fixed it. Kind of thing that I'm sure is is running around that'll pop into your head eventually. But that's an excellent question, and had I thought of it before, I would have sent that ahead of time to you so that uh, you'd be able to think about it. But I did not. As a side um, well, note, I, I would say with any business, you're kind of drowning in lots of little things, right? Like there's always something that you'd like to do. So I don't. I would have a hard time picking that as well, to be honest. No, yeah, for sure. One of my biggest um, projects that I've taken on from beginning to, to end has been the door process of getting people in the door very quickly. And it's something that I really believe in really pushing forward and trying to improve every time, so... Uh, on the first show, we were just writing, scribbling shit down right until before the show started, and it's improved a lot since then. All right, so I'm gonna ask I'm ask one more question, um, and then unless Cat um, or Randall have um, questions, or you have some questions for us, and uh, I think we'll probably be past the the your specific section, and then we're gonna move on a bit. But overall. Um, do you think some of the more dramatic incidents like um, AJ and Wagner Rocha and things like that have been good or bad for you guys in the long run? Well, the weekend that it happened was really difficult for me. I had a really bad tragedy that weekend. And, you know, we were very early in the stages of operation. And we hadn't, you know, we were still trying to get our process of down of how to stay in operation and manage the budget so it was still a very brand new process for all of us at a personal tragedy and the minute that uh, uh, I found out what happened because I didn't see it happen I was fixing an issue backstage um, the minute I saw it happen I mean I just couldn't cr stop crying all week and it was terrible I was really sad I thought we were going to lose everything um, so many people were upset and and it was just still at that point in time like a really really big mystery and it was just a, it was a hard weekend but i mean you know people say and it's kind of true no no 
publicity is bad publicity and a lot right. of people got to see it unfortunately it was just an unfortunate situation but we're all friends now right and i mean it i think it probably in in the short run it definitely raised the profile and i don't think anybody i don't think it's damaged y'all's reputation at all as far as like oh this is the sort of stuff they want to see happen at all so hopefully <laughs> hopefully a long-term good good effect of just more publicity and everybody's cool yeah, yeah I, I gotta say, I'm not a I'm not a fan of jujitsu drama or you know the WWE style kind of uh, intros and everything that some organization like some just say the UFC does. <laughs> uh, so those those any kind of drama, I generally just ignore. But uh, I would say no one. I I don't think there's anything but positive to say about Fight to Win. I've, yeah. I've yet to to come across anything. I, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone transfers those things onto the, or- the, organization. the organizers. I don't yeah. see that. Yeah. So, um, no, so- I mean, the, the, the worst things people have to say about Fight to Win is Missy's a fucking asshole, but sometimes <laughs> I have to be. And I'm not afraid to say <laughs> what I think. And, and what I think is what it is, and I'm not afraid to say it. All right, so oh. at the for the end of this, is there anything that you want to plug upcoming, upcoming shows, um, people that you work with that you want to give a shout-out to and stuff like that before we kind of move on to the next section? Um, well, coming up soon, my husband has the title fight coming up against uh, Marcos Tinoco in Houston on March the 17th. I hope all our friends and family can come out and support. What organization is that with? Fight to win, the one Sorry, that okay. I won. I just wanted <laughs> to make sure. Could have been an MMA fight? I don't know. I just want to make okay. sure everybody knows exactly what to look for. You, you just asked me if I wanted to promote one of my shows. Could have been any okay, or man. any of the people right. that you work with. Josh just got here. He's he just got here. He's, well, he's I haven't been paying attention. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm I'm like three of these angry orchards in, and I'm a lightweight. So <laughs> good, good. Yeah. All right. So that. Missy, you are fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. You, yeah, you, you feel free to stick around and listen as we continue and interject anything that you like. Um, we're now going to move on to sort of the next stage of this very long podcast, um, which is oh <laughs> which is going to be sort of run by Cat here, which is about athlete promotion, uh, how to market yourself, how to build your brand, uh, what what you should do before you like start looking for sponsorships and things like that. If um, people aren't aware, Kat has been a, a sponsored athlete before in jiu-jitsu. Um, how about, here, Kat, I will let you talk. Tell everybody why we should listen to you at all about any of this. Okay. I hate talking about myself. Um, so, yeah, I've been sponsored uh, in the past. Um, right when I got my blue belt, um, Fight Soap reached out to me and offered me a sponsorship. And I technically still am sponsored by them. So, like, um, if – or rather, when I actually start competing again, if I start doing really well and I feel like I want to call them up, be like, hey, I want to go to a big tournament, they'll totally, like, help me out in getting there, you know, and making sure that I'm competing and I have everything that I need. Um, so they're actually really – like, I have a really great relationship with them still, even though I uh, – sorry – uh, even though um, I haven't really been like, competing all that much. So I do have that experience, and I know tons of people who are um, 
who are sponsored. So I've been able to reach out and talk to a bunch of athletes over the last week or so and kind of get their perspective. I've been able to reach out to different uh, jujitsu brands like gear brands and get their perspective. And I've talked to coaches. I've gotten their perspective. So I've been able to really gather a lot of information. Um, On top of that, I'm about two years into a sports marketing degree. Uh, So that's, uh, was it two years out of three years? So I'm like two thirds of the way done, I guess. And then uh, I've been, uh, I kind of, I do a lot of work with um, gyms, like most of the gyms that I've trained at, I've done some kind of graphic design or help them uh, come up with marketing plans or I've done uh, social media uh, things for them. And um, I'll be helping out with uh, grapple gear moving forward as well. Um, so I have a lot of I have my hands in a lot of different places. I do a lot of work with uh, branding and stuff. I'm actually doing that with uh, Open Mat here in Toronto. I'm helping them with their rebranding and marketing plan for the next year. So <laughs> excellent. Okay, so now we're gonna let's let's start with if m- me as an athlete with no real social media presence uh, would like to start <laughs> marketing myself. Uh, where mm-hmm. where do I start? Like, where does somebody start building their brand and building their marketing package? So I think that I think people should really consider whether they want to go the route of like even being an amateur or like I don't know semi pro I guess is what we can call it um, athletes in jujitsu. Um, I don't think they should really consider that until they get to blue belt because I think that for me that was kind of the turning point. You know, that's where it gets a little bit more serious. Well, and, we're gonna um, assume when... we're gonna assume that we have a minimum standard and that yeah. the competitor is a purple belt. They've had some local success, something well, like I that, right? S- I say blue belt because a lot of um, a lot of gear brands and stuff will sponsor people mm-hmm. once they get to blue belt. Like they keep eyes on the white belts that are progressing really quickly, and you know they'll sponsor people at blue belt that tend to stack out. But you're right; they do more often go after the um, purple belt, brown belt, mm-hmm. black belts. And well, I'm stuff. also um, assuming they, that they will definitely go after really like. Um, I'm assuming really that nice. most people aren't really sure that they even want to be that serious about it at this point mm-hmm. until Purple Belt, right? Like a, right. a decade ago, we, you know, Blue Belt was kind of a bigger thing than it is now. There's a lot yeah. bigger, there's a lot more Blue Belts. Um, it's it's a lot easier to just get lost in the sea of Blue Belts. So, you know, we'll move the move the the, the right. line up to Purple so say Belt. So you're a Purple Belt. Yeah. And we'll, we'll just assume that you compete on a semi-regular basis at least once a month. I Whoa, think would be okay, like, Jesus. Yeah, like, that. well, that's the thing, is you have to be able to prove to a company that, A, you're going to give them enough exposure because you already compete a lot, or that you're excellent in competition and you deserve to have um, that extra boost to get you to compete more often if you're not able to compete that much. And, uh, you know, when I would, whenever uh, Fight, Fo- Fight Soap sponsored me, I was doing one and two competitions a month up in North Carolina because... Uh, what is it the uh, U.S. Grappling yeah. is the one that runs up and down the East Coast. Yes. You know they have tournaments nonstop in that same yep. area, like one two times a month. And so I was just doing those nonstop. And so there was uh, a lot of video of me as a white belt that was getting on the internet, and it was the flying arm bars and shit. Um, <laughs> so it was like as soon as I hit blue belt, they were like, "Hey, we want to give you a sponsorship," and that lasted uh, for about two years before I had to slow down training for school and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, where was I going with this? Compete a lot is where you start. Compete a lot, so, yes. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Right. Lost my train of thought. But yes, so you're going to want to have like uh, a pretty solid competition record under your belt. If you're not able to compete as often as once a month, I think a minimum of six times a year is probably a good place to start because you're going to want to be able to prove that you can do well in competition mm-hmm. and not just like with by fluke or something like that. Like actually show technical skill and thought and um, 
you know, prove that there's something going on in your head that's just a little bit a step ahead of your opponents all the time. And that's the proving that you're an athlete worthy of supporting, you know, proving that you're good enough. It's, um, I think it's really important to brands because they want to be able to sponsor people that will have a long career in jiu-jitsu. You know, they want to be able to build that brand or that uh, relationship for a long time. And that's really helpful for these athletes to um, to be able to have that kind of relationship with brands is really helpful for them because that's how they can they start getting the um, the um, seminar deals and stuff like that. That's how mm-hmm. they start doing, you know, uh, paid tournaments and stuff like that. Well, so um, I think it's I think a good place to start is just, you know, making sure that you're showing up the class and making sure that there's you have a purpose and a direction and goals with your training and well, that you can prove to people that you would want to sponsor right. you like why they should invest so, that money in you because there's real, really not a lot of return for them. Let me let me slide in here for a second because com- like competing even once a month, right, mm-hmm. is is a significant Hard. financial investment for someone. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's yeah, it's, it's you're, a lot you're of money. looking at at a hundred to a hundred and thirty dollars per competition. Maybe you can slide in on some of the eighty dollar ones and stuff like that. But you're still looking at you know you're outlaying a hundred bucks a month to train and a hundred bucks a month to compete. Now uh, we're talking that's that's a pretty serious financial investment yeah. for someone. And like with... all the athletes I know are people who compete nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like all the ones that I know that are sponsored. Like I have a friend up in. Uh, she just moved from Dallas to uh, Seattle, I think it is. Um, but she uh, she's sponsored by Fuji, and she just picked up another sponsor. And she's like, she's not even a purple yet. Right. She's kicking butt in all these tournaments, like these. I think she's, I can't remember if she's been in fight to win or not. I well, don't know, maybe because um, she is from Texas, so that's a so, possibility. But like, she's just gaining speed really, mm-hmm. really quick, and it's because she competes multiple times a month it's insane how much she competes and like those are the kind of athletes that the that a lot of these bigger name companies especially right. are looking so, for you know well like with that financial investment in mind what kind of return are you actually getting for a sponsorship right like are, uh, as in like what the athlete's getting or what yeah. the brand is getting? what no what so first of all what the athlete is getting okay so the athlete is going to get that exposure they're going to get the either the benefit of free gear or they're going to get the benefit of having help um paying for going to the tournaments and competing mm-hmm. and that alone is exposure um you know so they get, they get one of the two and sometimes if you're really lucky and you get a good contract you get both um so there's a there's a lot more benefit right now, um, according to everybody that I've spoken to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more benefit for the athlete than there is for the brand because the brand, um, I don't th- I don't think that a lot of people who start jujitsu gear companies like I don't think a lot of them go to school for business. It's like people who get into jujitsu and they realize that there's a gap somewhere in the in the industry and they want to fill that and so they start something mm-hmm. up and so there's a lot of people that are learning to run their businesses on the fly and there's a lot of people who are doing a really great job at it right. um but i think that there are definitely areas that everybody could pick up more on you know i think if um if people like if brands thought more about how they could um coach their their um sponsored athletes to help um like sell product you know Mm -hmm. give them like a custom athlete code that they can give out to people for discounts or something like that so you can actually track like how many people they're actually referring you know give them product to just like sell on their own you know but the like if you really want to represent this brand and you really want them to take like if you want it to be a mutually beneficial relationship like you have to i think i think athletes need to do more in um in promoting the brands because i think a lot of people that own uh, gear brands they feel like Mm -hmm. that the athlete doesn't um, promote them as much as they think they should. Okay, so 
leading into that, right? So let's say now I'm a, I'm an athlete. I've been competing. I'm competing once a month, right? I've managed to compete mm-hmm. once a month. Now, how do I approach a company? You know, what kind of package should I have? What what do I just say? Hey guys, I'm competing a bunch. Sponsor me. Should I have some kind of media so, package put together? How do I go about I, turning my competition into something that a sponsor actually wants to do something with? I think the more that you can prove to a company, no matter how big or small they are, you know, like no matter if you're talking, you know, somebody, oh God, what's the smallest like gear brand that I can think of? I don't know. I don't want to be insulting to anybody. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, you know, somebody like us, like Rapple Gear, you know, like we're teeny tiny, you know, but like anybody from us all the way up to like, you know, Control Industries mm-hmm. and Show Your Role and then like uh, to Tommy and Fuji and stuff, you know, like the big name sponsorships. I think the best thing you can do is to really prove to them that your that your relationship with them would be beneficial and that you're well, really good at what you do. That's that's um, the question I, though, right? I'm right, right, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Hold on. So I think that it is really smart for athletes to look into um like uh, elevator pitch videos and stuff like that. Um What the hell is that? I'll get there. So it's basically like um, like if you took a cover letter and turned it into like a three-minute or less video about like who you are, uh, what you want to do, why you want to work with this company. It's just like really, really – it's a really short like bam, bam, bam. Like point out the facts, make it catchy. Um, and there's a lot of tutorials you can look up on lynda.com. Just Google it. Like it's really easy to find uh, – um, really good examples of how to make elevator pitch videos and that's the stuff that like grabs people's attention you know make sure that you it, it basically it's like you know check your sources you know uh, make sure that you give them like links to specific videos that really um, showcase your skills level um, you know tell them that you have so many friends who would totally buy all of their shit if they gave it to them you know like whatever just do whatever you can to make sure so- that you're promoting that brand so that they mm-hmm. feel like they're getting an uh, getting a return on the investment that they have for paying for well, that, you to go. That goes back to some, to something that we actually hadn't addressed, which is if you want to have video, you have to be filming your matches. Yeah, right? and I, th- um, I think nowadays, because like what, iPhones film in what, 60 frames per second now and like low light scenes, like I think it's really... I think it's really hard not to find somebody who can film for you, but I think that more people need to learn how to film, you know, appropriately. I think a lot of people don't know how to film, especially in days where, like, with phones with the vertical screens and stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of forget you should turn it over horizontally so you get a better picture. I think if you, like, pay, find a friend, pay them 10 bucks, pay, pay the $10 spectator fee for them to come and just teach them how to use the camera and make mm-hmm. sure that they can do it right and then make sure that you have good video. You don't even need a fancy yeah. camera. You just need your phone. Or a teammate. Anyone yeah, that's already team, there. Yeah, I've somebody even asked- already there. I've competed and all, and just asked strangers, can you film this for me? And, you know, like, not, you know, in the jujitsu community, you generally recognize mm-hmm. people, so you can just hand it to somebody that you recognize and have them film it. I am always blown away when people don't film their matches. Always. Not yeah. just from a sponsorship perspective, but from an experience and learning perspective. Right. How are you not filming your matches? I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, think. you guys know I'm an advocate for... Ask a spectator, you know? Yeah. I, I always offer my uh, the videos to my opponents as well after events if they want them. Yeah, so, I, yeah do the I do same. the same. I, I think probably 80% of all of my competition matches are filmed. The ones that aren't filmed were just something went wrong that day and they, that, that match got missed, things like that. Yeah. But I have a pretty extensive library of filmed footage. Um, 
But so, and, and this is something like putting together a, a thirty-second advertisement of yourself, right? Is yeah, it's fun. That no, it's not. It's a skill that a lot of people <laughs> I'm don't have. Do like three of them. They're actually right? a lot of fun. You can get really goofy right? with it. It's so nice. if if you're the type of person that's going to fuss about writing, like if you're the person that torments themselves about writing their resume. It's probably going to be an awful process, right? Yeah, if like you're, you're somebody that's already extroverted and already uh, apt at you know grabbing that attention. I think it's a right. it's a, a more trivial process, but, but so definitely something the, to pay attention to. The either. people that are already like, oh, I'm a, I'm a ham. I've got a ton of video. I don't. I can cut a 30 second promo like I'm in the WWE because I just am like <laughs> that, right? Those are like. Okay, great. Well, what if I'm not that person, right? How do I put together something that's going to appeal to a company if what I'm really good at is jujitsu and I'm shitty at making 30-second self-promotion videos? So you, you can go to maybe a local high school that has a, a film class or go to a local college or, like, post something on Craigslist for students that need a project to do, pay them 50 bucks to put a video together for you. Or honestly, like these are that's where the free templates are. Like there's always yeah. free templates mm-hmm. online that'll teach like, you how to do this kind of stuff. Teaching yourself the business side of being an athlete in any sport is I it's very rare. Uh I like I don't wanna overstep, I don't wanna talk over cat, but, but I found from the requests I've gotten, it's super rare. It's really frustrating to see that they they basically you know they've got they've been doing this for six months and you know they're they're vaguely saying oh i did well at the last tournament i'm like great but what what does that do for me you know and you know cat's done a great job from the business perspective or sorry from the the athlete's perspective from the business perspective i have yet and this is a challenge going out to people because i would love to sponsor athletes because uh, it, it satisfies two parts of, of owning a business in uh, in jiu-jitsu, right? It helps me grow my business, and it helps me grow jiu-jitsu. It's, it's, a, it's a win-win-win for everybody, right? It's, it's, a, it's a great situation. But I have yet to have an athlete come to me and say, here's how I'm going to help you grow your business. You know, and there's only so much money that I can have to sponsor athletes to grow jujitsu. You know, that's what I'm trying to do across all of my efforts. It it doesn't help me for a bunch of people to tell me, hey, I have a Facebook account and I did well at a tournament. Mm-hmm. I need to know how you're going to help me grow my business. And that's where me personally, I'm a more numbers based guy. But I can't, I can't sponsor every athlete that's going to contact me. You heard what Missy was saying at the beginning, where Fight to Win gets 200, 500 applications. You know, it's, it, it's one of those things where, man, I just wish somebody could say, I can bring you, you know, I can bring your, your shop's attention to X number of people, and based on, you know, basic assumptions, you know, so in e-commerce, for example... Uh, like a 1% conversion rate is your basic standpoint. And, you know, 5% is great, that kind of thing. Uh, maybe I'm jumping ahead there. I can explain that a little more clearly if, if we need to. But, um, you know, if you're telling me you're going to have 700 people look at my at a post that you made about the tournament and then you're going to hashtag me at the end, that doesn't tell me what it's doing for me. 
Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, you have to quantify the value that you're bringing to the business in return want, for what they're giving you. Yeah, this is actually I what I was touching on earlier, um, was that, um, you know, I think there's a disconnect because I think a lot of people don't really know how to market, like athletes don't necessarily know how to market their brands without like other than using the hashtag, like they don't know the language, they don't know how to mm -hmm. write the copy that they need to write that's effective, that gets people to click on links and to buy things and to mm -hmm. look into things or to join a gym or whatever, like whatever the person is promoting, like they don't know how to write that copy. And I think that, um, I think it's a, it's a big disservice to everybody. It's a big disservice to the sport because like the more that we can, uh, the more that we can spread this around and actually grow the businesses, the more that we can grow the sport and stuff. Um, sure. I think that if we, I think that if either athletes themselves invested the time in learning how to write more effective mm -hmm. um, posts, or if maybe like their sponsors gave them links or in homework, say, Hey, do this. And, you know, prove to me that you've read it. And then, you know, we can talk mm -hmm. about uh, a strategy, you know, and like, I think if, even if it's just like a, quick 10 minute talk about hey here's like a rundown or an email once a month or something like that like something to make sure that the athlete is on track with the plan that you guys have together but I think it definitely can't just be like oh I'm gonna you know do really well in these tournaments and I'll make sure to like tell everybody to buy stuff from you like it really does have to be like a yeah. mutual relationship mm -hmm. you can't just sponsor any Joe Blow like that's a business relationship right. and I think I'll that uh, athletes need to athletes need to be taught how to properly promote things in a way that right. actually gets people to engage so, so as on that note on that note i just want to touch on so you said athletes need to educate themselves on the business side of it but what i'll say is yes that's a huge bonus what i would say is the the number of applicants that any jujitsu business is going to see from requested sponsors the majority of them are going to be people who have just drank the jujitsu kool-aid they're probably in their first two three years and you know they're they're super obsessed with it they're training constantly which is great but they they never actually tell you what they're going to do for you what they continually do is send you a message saying hey i this stuff and i'll do the following but they never actually bother to find out what the business wants if i had an athlete that wanted sponsorship that said hey what can i do to help you and what would that get me that would be a much more valuable conversation even if they've done no research at all mm -hmm. because rather than them coming to me and telling me what they want they're asking me how they can help and that immediately helps me because then i can immediately tell them i can put numbers to my business i can i can tell them hey i can give you gear for if you manage to get eyes on uh on a grapple gear ad for example um to this many people or if you and I work together at tournaments to you know it, I'm sorry I'm reading the Discord yeah, channel at the same time you can't time. pay too much attention to them it'll mess up your flow <laughs> so the, the point is I just want I, I want to be able to set numbers to what they're offering and I would rather them come in and ask what I need rather than tell me what right. they want because and I, the majority I think of people that's ask very me common want. yeah that's very common when you the, the sponsorship narrative is from the athlete. I want I want to get – how do I get free gear? How do I get a company to give me some stuff exactly. to pay for my competitions? Then, it's there, that, that narrative never goes the other way. And then on top of that, you find out that some some athletes – I won't say – you know I'm not generalizing. I'm not doing it. But every now and then you find out about a sponsored athlete that's actually selling the gear they get. 
right? Like I yeah. got I got like gear and then I just threw that on eBay or whatever and sold it for yeah, exactly. Bucks, right? So it's it's one of those things where from from a a business owner perspective, the things I focus on. I don't even care so much about competition results. It helps. It helps if the person wins all the time. But honestly, I want to see someone that is a positive influence in the jujitsu community. I want to see that they have a lot of eyes on them, and I want to see that they are honestly trying to help the jujitsu community at large. And those are far better tells to me that they're going to help both me and the jujitsu community right. than you know somebody that was... <laughs> Which... Which really, I mean, that goes back yeah. to, to Kat's area of how how do you, like, again, as an athlete, how do I build something for myself that that I can show to a business right. that demonstrates yeah. that thing, right? Like, what does so, that look like? Because I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Snapchat. Yeah. I don't have any you of that shit. Wanna, you might right. want to be. Right? I'm not like, on Twitter. Really good mar- I'm barely really good on Facebook. Tools. Yeah, so those are actually really good marketing tools. So uh, it's uh, it might actually be important to look into utilizing those things, even if it's just for the business aspect of it, like not for personal reasons, but just to promote yourself yeah. as an athlete. Those are excellent, excellent business tools. Um, so to touch on what Randall was saying, I think he just said what I was trying to say the whole time in a much better way. So thank you, Randall. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that... I mean, ultimately, it needs to be a mutually beneficial relationship, and I think that the athlete and the brand need to work very closely together to make sure that everybody's getting what they need out of that relationship. Um, as far as what you can do to help, like, begin, like, just the, you know, the baby steps and the starting tracks, I think you need to sit down, you need to write out a plan, like, you need to have a goal in mind, like, what you want to do, and then you need to have, uh, you need to write down a couple of different ways of how you can get there, and um, I think you know, doing your research and asking around, like find other like athletes that are sponsored and ask them about their experience. Talk to your coaches, like talk to teammates, uh, talk to, if you can get a conversation started with a brand owner, like do it, you know, find out what they need, find out what they think would help you out, find out what has helped out other people and go from there, you know, build on that, but just make sure that, you know, you're comfortable with talking up about yourself because that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to really be comfortable with highlighting all of your successes and all of the really positive points about you, you know, um, and sorry. Um, I I think think that's perfect. Yeah. Building, I think the, the primary focus should probably be around building your name in your local. Yeah, uh, like don't be it... a dick on the internet all the time and like piss people off. <laughs> like don't be known as that well, guy. Well, how the fuck am sp- I gonna get sponsored now? You're probably well, not Josh, because you're no a one dick. offered to sponsor you. <laughs> Jesus, <didn't> you? <laughs> no, uh, I think. I, but I mean, I'm serious. No, like <laughs> I, I don't know how I somehow still end up getting away with it because I am totally an asshole on the internet, and I think all of Reddit knows that. Um, <laughs> so like you know, it's I think. It really is to be to you have to be smart and think about your brand like you know before you start getting in arguments with people on the internet you probably need to sit and think like is this argument worth it or is there a way that I can say what I want to say without being angry or without like throwing insults or without um, making me mm-hmm. look like a bad guy you know um, I think it's important to maintain a certain image online and Randall's right you need to be um, like the community needs to want to support you too you can't just be like some random Joe Blow and like some douche canoe who you know neck bearding around reddit you know you need to be like a person who some people want to represent their community you know like you they have to be you have to be somebody 
worth supporting. And you have to, so I think it's best early on, if you think that you're going to end up in that position to really think about what your image is like Mm -hmm. on the internet, because your image on the internet doesn't go away. It's there forever. So, you know, and I think it's important to learn. And if you, someone like you, who's not into Facebook and uh, YouTube Mm -hmm. and Instagram, like you're going to have to learn how to use those tools because those are really, really uh, heavily used uh, marketing tools for businesses, especially Instagram and even Snapchat now. And, but like, Ugh. I know that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Like, you know, people post videos and stuff all the time. It's a, it's really, really popular yep. and, and you don't have to like it, but unfortunately that's just how the world is these days, you know? Yeah, I know, I, I know some um, Twitch streamers that uh, along with that, their social media promotion outlet, they have side-by-side Snapchat, Instagram, all of those things are mm-hmm. used to funnel people into their, their Twitch channel to help bring in viewers, to raise their social media profile in general. And yep. yeah, I agree, it's curating your social media image into yeah. one that would be appealing um, for a business is something that probably not enough people starting out in jujitsu think about. When yeah, they, you when have to think about, about your that, personal right? brand. Like your image, the way that people perceive you. I know there's so much. I think we've all kind of grown up in America as having like this this thing where we're not supposed to give a shit about what people think of us, but it actually is important. Like what people think of us is important, especially if you're trying to be successful in a business where like you're customer facing, you know, like you don't want to be somebody who doesn't give a shit about what people think of you when you're in a customer facing job, because then nobody's going to want to be around you, especially if you're just like an asshole all the time. So you really have to understand that this is a customer facing business and you have to, you know, sit down and every time, you talk to people at tournaments every time you talk to people who aren't close friends and family you really have to think is what i'm about to say falling into my personal brand is this going to fall into how i want people to perceive me right yeah so i i would really love to clarify just um that there is a significant amount of action that happens on social media in the jujitsu community that i don't particularly care for where it's just drama, it feels like high school, there's a whole bunch of counter-arguing between, you know, prominent competitors will say, I consider that dynamite. Like, I don't want that, that could blow up in my face, I have no idea if that's safe as an investment. Um, so I personally look for people that build very positive, um, mm-hmm. inclusive uh, messaging in their um, in their social media presence, and I'll I'll even throw out a freebie there. Uh, Sarah Smith uh, is I think she's a is she a brown belt now? She's a bra- I think she's a brown belt now in the uh, in the Toronto scene, and she not only is she a killer competitor, but her Facebook status is constantly positive, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of thing that catches my eye. Um, Sarah's not a you know we've never talked about <laughs> I just know that she has a very positive right. Facebook, so it was a it was a free example there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, Cle- that's the kind of thing that really screams to me, this person is a good idea to, you know, focus on. They're someone that's going to help support jujitsu. They're going to be someone that can, you know, encourages other people to join and it won't look bad on any of us, right? Right. Yeah, generally just you, you need to carry yourself from the beginning as if you are already a professional representative of a company, right? And every, I guess so. I don't, I don't even care about the fake it till you make it kind of... 
Well, it's the thing, right? If you start out from the beginning and you're talking shit all over the internet all the time, well, then suddenly you stop doing that, but all that stuff is still there, right? Like, if- well, but there are other companies that might like that, you know, the, because there's so much drama on uh, in the jujitsu mm-hmm. community in terms. Uh, I really stepped back from that. I really stopped using Facebook pretty heavily because of all the arguing that was going on. Um, but there are there are probably other companies mm-hmm. that feel that way, and you would probably merge with you know well, their culture more if you're one of those gossipy people that likes to engage in that kind I, of stuff. I will tell That's you, just not my view. It is a lot easier to start out with a professional, um, more straightforward image, and then decide if you want to engage in drama than it is to start out talking shit to everybody and then try to reel it back when you try to approach a professional company, right? That's absolutely true. Right, yeah. if you if you, you build do. a profile by being a stand-up member of the community and being a professional representative of your sport and that's how you built your, your social media presence, that's how you made your connections, that's how you've gotten your profile to the point where you're now interested in presenting it to a company that that's going to look a lot better even if after that you you start like talking a little smack with some rivals in jiu-jitsu to build your profile up and things like that so yeah no it's it's fair yeah, it's that's coming it's very difficult to go back right coming and from it, someone whose carefully curated internet personality is very abrasive uh and <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's fair. My my um my breakdown has always been I want to see some kind of attempt at making numbers make mm-hmm. sense. Even if you don't know and you just make assumptions, I can always cuz I know my business costs, right? I can always alter those numbers internally. Right. Uh the video thing is interesting. I had a thought about that and I can tell you from the emails that I've gotten in the past, text is significantly easier but they get ignored a lot more often as well. So I'm not sure how I feel about video. I would say the best way to reach out to a business is probably avoid email and reach out to them in a form of communication that they that catches their eye. So either meet them in person at a tournament booth if you can, uh, failing that. I would say social media is probably a little likely to get a hold of them than a blank email. Mm-hmm. Um, video I'm not sure how you would leverage video I personally would probably see that as another obstacle where I'm just like oh I have to go click this link and open up YouTube right. and whatever I'm on my phone right now and I don't want to do that whatever <laughs> uh, but but that depends Like, I would say definitely so, try a, I think the best answer is try a few venues mm-hmm. of reaching out to them but definitely the most important thing to me is engage me don't tell me what you're going to do necessarily like don't don't tell me what you need for me tell me what you what you have to offer and ask how you can work with me that's probably the best way to get my attention i feel like i'm just bored everybody well (laughs) i'm I'm trying to because so we we kind of run into an issue where most people Josh, you were talking over someone. That was Missy. Yeah. What? No. You ever... were talking over Missy. 
Josh, you were talking over Missy. Let's let Missy talk. Oh, I have her. I have her muted right now. So let me unmute. There we go. Okay, go ahead. I was. I was just saying that I. I. I agree with that. I agree more with so more so with people that are that have the ability to engage with me in a certain way because getting a video sometimes to me, man, at the end of the day, it's just like, man, I feel so physically, emotionally devastated from all the work I've done. And it's right? just like one extra thing to do. But if somebody can somehow make some kind of connection with me somehow, get my attention, that speaks to me a little bit more because it shows me the personality they have and kind of the commitment they have to wanting to really do something. And exactly it makes that. them look less like a person that wants to take something from me and more like somebody that wants to build a relationship. Right. That's a, yeah, that's a perfect answer. I, I personally, you get, you get so much spam every day, not just from, you know, every, every foreign company that wants to scam you into printing, you know, a fake key with them. You get tons of those every single day. You get, you know, brand new, um, you know, somebody that's really, really excited and I want to encourage them, but they've only been doing it for three months and, you know, they, they got a bronze in <laughs> their first tournament and like, that doesn't, that doesn't help me figure out how that's going to help all of us. Right. You know, exactly as Missy said, it's got to be win-win. It's got to make sense for everybody. And I would love to sponsor more athletes. Unfortunately, I think my number right now is at two and it's specifically because very few people come to businesses with here's what I can do for you rather than here's what I want. Right. Well, and I think a large portion of that is that people have no idea how to make that approach, right? These are usually yeah. kids. They're like people that are 19, 18, 19, 20. Maybe they're, yeah. maybe they're as old as their early 20s. They don't know anything about marketing themselves. They don't, yeah. they don't have any of those skills. You know, even if they happen to be a jujitsu wizard, right? Well, that's just that's the thing they're good at. They aren't going cool. to have these well, other I have skills. A uh, I have I, a perfect thing to add for... when when you're done. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't know. You might go ahead. You start. I mean, I have a perfect example for you and Marvin Castell. Mm -hmm. You know, he hit that Eminari roll to that heel hook on our stage. He got over 12 million views. Right. That was every. There were people that had no idea what jujitsu was that got to see that. Right, they, you know how he lives his life now. How how much his life has changed mm -hmm. since then? <laughs> it's incredible. Jujitsu, man, it's the yeah. best. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gotta say, like the the best. Sorry, I totally cut you off. Go ahead, Kat. Um. So, <laughs> actually, I wanted to uh, add on on what you and Josh were saying earlier about the um, you know, like the about athletes, like what how they should approach brands and stuff like that. I think I wanted to ask um, you and Misty, you know, what, how much extra effort do you think it would be to maybe have a section on your website for specifically for sponsorship that address what your needs are and like, and has like a specific set of questions for people to answer before they even think of contacting you. Um, I think having that like first step, so like people can actually go to your website and just see your information on like what you would need from them in order for them to want to sponsor you. Um, so I guess what would be the, like, do you think that something like that would be beneficial for you guys and would help like weed out some of the people who aren't interested in like having that kind of relationship? 
no, for me personally, it wouldn't because I, I mean, our, our application process is pretty straightforward. And I feel like I'm not asking anything of them. I'm trying to help them show people who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I- my, my, my job is to help showcase who they are to help promote the interest in them and hopefully yeah, that'll bring the some way money you guys to their pocket. Sponsorship or I guess the way you guys promote the athletes, I guess is a little different from how like a brand yeah. might do it because you guys are just yeah, trying to get you. people out there, you know, to give them right. a chance to get out there and rather, so maybe, I guess maybe it's yeah. more of a question for Randall. Right. Cause sense. fight to win is it's almost a, a promotional tool in and of itself for the athletes. Yeah. If you get on that yeah. stage and, and people see you, bam, now you can take that and take that to a gear company or somebody be like, look, this is my awesome stage presence at Fight to Win. These are all these people that saw this. And you Here's get a high-quality video to go with it. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, dude, like, if you can get into Fight to Win promotions, like, that's, like, gold for promoting athletes. Yeah. And I encourage yeah. everybody to, to, to apply. Even if you don't feel like you're the best dude at your gym or best girl at your gym, apply because you don't, ever know who's out there looking for a match that's your same exact size it could mm-hmm. work you never know i'm only gonna fight people who are exactly 15 years older than me <laughs> <laughs> i'm slow no, I, I gotta tell you the first time i fought in masters it felt amazing i was like i belong i feel like i belong in this and it didn't even matter it was masters world that was the first time i did masters didn't matter. I was, I just felt so much more at home. Did you win? Uh, no. <laughs> not, not even close. The guys, the guys, the guys. Co- That's not true. It was a close match. You were filming, Josh. You should know. Um, the the guys' coach turned out to be Guy Mendez, and I just <laughs> quietly walked up to him and went like, "I built my entire guard game off of you, sir." And Guy looked at me like, "Okay, another one of these guys." Yeah. Right. <laughs> I didn't so, even care. I was just happy to shake Guy Mendez's head. All right, Randall, you still have to answer my question. Yeah, to get back to Kat's question, like as as yeah. a brand owner, like would would you be able to articulate in a way so, that you could present on like on your website or something what you actually would want to see from someone before you would consider sponsoring them as an athlete? It's a it's a great question. Uh, I am a systems and numbers. You can probably glean by the ranting that I ready all right you're cutting uh, out slightly so, so. Out. yeah oh. walk closer to your computers get out of the kitchen whatever you're it's, doing i'm right next to my computer uh he has bluetooth <laughs> headphones in so uh, what i was saying is i'm a systems and numbers guy like i i'm constantly trying to wrap my numbers and systematize or automate as much of the business as possible that's why the what missy was saying at the beginning was uh, you know about automating as much of it and systematizing that really spoke to me but I didn't want to get in depth into <laughs> questions because this is about jujitsu um, but I I gave that some serious like I, I thought about that when, when that was brought up and I would I think making some kind of form with a required list of needs from a sponsor uh, might help but the problem is that we're already drowning in those to begin with, right? The, the the specific example I wanted to give was actually the best athlete sponsor request I got so far in, I think Grapple Gear's been around for four years now. Um, the best one I've gotten so far turned out to be a, guy, a kid from Australia who, like, we don't even sell there, so I couldn't help him. But um, instead of coming to me with 
here's what I can do for you. He he came to me and he was just like, dude, I'm 16. I don't know what you need. Can you tell me what you're looking for? Here's my competition record. Here's my... And it was quite long, actually. Mm-hmm. For a 16-year-old, he had had a lot of experience. But he just said, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know how how to approach you. But can you tell me, like, this is what I have so far. How can I help you? And I was so flattered. I was like, dude, I can't help you because we sell to... Like, we deal with different countries entirely. Um, but... I am more than happy to give you back a critique and I I listed out like what kind of things he should be contacting them with and sure enough he messaged me a few days later and he was like yeah I managed to get another a, comp- a local gear company to sponsor me and they were paying him I think like 400 a month nice. so that covered his training and nice. his gear and everything and it was purely based off of the fact that he came to a company even though they couldn't help him and just said how can I help you right. and that is such a more I can't stress that enough that engagement level is so much better than yeah. you know I couldn't even help him Dude. but it was still worth the email just to respond to him and be like right. here's what I would want and then he turned around and sent that out to a couple of companies in Australia and it seems to be going great for him Dude, that's because I mean 400 bucks a month in a, in the jiu-jitsu sponsorship world seems outrageously for a high year old, that's pretty that's yeah. pretty good that's that amazing competition and I gotta say, I was surprised for you to react when Kat said compete at least once a month, because you gotta think from a business perspective, you want that person in the public's eye as oh, much as possible. Absolutely, right? like, like I, I understand that, but like when you look at the cost of competing once a month to the athlete, like oh, it's so expensive. It's so expensive. Yeah, like you gotta you, be like, expecting have have a real return. Yeah, that. you gotta expect a real return from a sponsorship if your baseline is to be putting out twelve hundred dollars a year in competition fees. Right? Yeah, it's well, like either either you're mowing lawns on the to help raise like every day just to raise money for you to go to tournaments, or like you got some money, or you have like a lot of really nice friends and family to help you out because there's a, not everybody mm-hmm. can make that kind of schedule. Right. It's hard. Though I will That's say. Experience. The um the rise of the whole invitation things like fight to win where you yeah. don't have to pay to compete and you can win money does help tilt that right mm-hmm. it it was it was way worse when every tournament well not only were you gonna pay a hundred bucks to compete but you definitely weren't gonna get any money out of it yeah. right now there's a, a broader base of things that you can at least you know yeah. even like um new breed has their uh, the ultimate grappler qualifier thing they're a tiny little really organization but you can if you win that thing well you win like two hundred dollars for the qualifier yeah. it's like okay well at if least you, you know the the prominence of the event as well is the big mm-hmm. thing. like if you told me you were on fight to win you would have much more of my attention right than, you know yet another i don't i don't i don't want to give another I don't naga. Give a specific it's thing. naga it's always <laughs> naga every you know we don't have we don't have Naga in oh. Canada, so I'll use that experience. I'll yeah. use that. That's fine. Yeah, we'll use that one. <laughs> yeah. I've never been to a Naga. I've never looked I've into worked well, for them, and I've enjoyed working with them. I don't think yeah. that any of them are bad people. No. They all are very interested in growing this sport. I think that <laughs> sure. there's just... I well, think that there's maybe just some personality conflict no. somewhere along no, the way, no, no. but they really okay. are just a, a solid organization. Naga is great. That's not what I was getting at. What I was getting at is that you can get a Naga championship belt real fucking easy, right? Yeah. And everybody that gets one of those is then like, hey, let me send this thing to my, to these gear companies and say I want free geese because I'm a Naga champion, right? And you see that, yeah. like, that's everybody. 
Fucking That's how good their everybody. marketing is, though. Think about it. Like, they're like yeah. a lot of people in the community. Like, I they joke and try to you know act like they don't take them seriously. But I mean, think about it. They put on more competitions than almost any circuit in the country. I think they even put on more than IBGGF. And like, they're easy to get to. They're more accessible. They're cheaper than IBGGF. Mm-hmm. They have more. Um, they have a like a, a bigger rule, like a more lax rule set. I yeah, guess. Yeah, a more open and, rule set. An yeah, open and so set. like, and it gives. They always make sure that everybody gets at least two matches. Always, you know. And yeah. so they're really like, I think people like Naga because it's a chance for them to just compete. You right. know, it's a chance for them to participate in this sport that they love so much. And so, yeah, a lot of people may not take them seriously because they're just uh, a lot of people see them as this rinky dink organization, but they're actually just they're really solid. They have a, a I mean, they're always super organized and they're really interested well, in growing this sport. Okay, so I don't know cool. what Nagas you were participating in. <laughs> super organized I, I is not them, so like I know. <laughs> not the way I would usually classify them. They've been much better recently. The last um couple that yeah, I've been, they've been to refining over the past yeah, few years. Have definitely been head and shoulders above the ones that I was competing in in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Oh yeah the same no, totally the same. That's because I started it I think my first tournament was a Naga tournament in two thousand and twelve. I think yeah, because I was a white belt for like two months mm-hmm. at that point, and um, and it, like it was my first tournament, and like it was a little disorganized. But like right. the ones I worked in New Orleans were super easy. Like they were really well organized. Mm-hmm. I always knew what my job was. Like everybody was in their place at all times. Like it and yeah. it just went in and went out really quick. It was, uh, it was yeah, really the, well done. The last couple that I've done have been very well run, well organized. Things went pretty much on time, as on time as any IBJJF event. Um, their, I think their their biggest issue is that sometimes it's hard for them to fill brackets. So in the like the upper ranks and things like that, so like brown belts end up being like, well, you guys are the three brown belts. Have fun. So which is an issue with every organization. Yeah, really, I think so. I don't think that's a Naga specific issue. No. That's like. That's yeah, I think everything. it's just like the higher level you get, like the less competition you're gonna have. And honestly, like that's always my big beef with the women's competition. Mm-hmm. Like you know, after blue belt, there's nobody there. Which and okay, that yeah, sucks. Yeah. It's so disheartening because everybody's always like, "Well, we need more women to compete," but then it, like they they preach it, but they don't actually act right. on it. And that's really sad to see because I would love to see you know purple and brown and black belt women in competition more often, like and local levels. So but I guess we um, have to have okay. them there to be able to do that too. This past weekend here in Denver, our Tournament of Champions 21, two of my very good friends, uh, both female, got 20 matches apiece. Nice. That is amazing. That's insane. I love it. And our medals are so fucking cool. Was it around I guarantee you. A t- tournament of champions fight to win um that's uh we had a pro- when we when we have pro shows here in denver mm-hmm. um we have a tournament the next day and it's huge it's 14 yeah, is it a round robin style tournament is that why everybody it's gets so du- many yeah it's, it's double okay. elimination is double elimination and nobody gets a default second or third you have to fight for second and third nice Excellent. That's, that's awesome agree. that's so great yeah. I wish if more you ever hey, that, girl, like, guaranteeing people a number listen of to me girl if you ever come out here you compete no, for you free. No, you come to Canada. Many... I can't no. leave Canada for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck. Just, hey, just take this open invitation. If you ever come to Denver for one of our tournaments, I will cover all your divisions for free. Oh, yes, Not you, girl. Josh. No, Not I, you, Josh. I know. Yeah, me, Josh, me, me. Cat's out here I'm picking in. up sponsors I'm so, I on the show. Pick you up on that deal. So okay, just let me know. Come on with it. That's I got amazing. you. Yes, girl. 
All right, so that that conversation lead me to another question for for Randall, um, as far as like what a business looks for in an athlete to sponsor. Since competition thins out at the upper ranks, are you right. more likely to sponsor like an up and coming blue belt who you know is going to have divisions to compete in for you know a few years as they go through blue and purple, more so than like a brown belt who's established but you know well. They've been here. They're not going to quit, but they You're also gonna are going to be in these. Right, they're only going to be competing in either these tiny one or two person divisions or only at IBJJF events. Right? Does that play into your thinking as far as the relationship you can build with them and the amount of exposure that they can give your brand? That's, I think both would be equally fair beneficial question. in different ways, though. It's it's a fair question. Um, I. I would say, this is why at the beginning I said I personally don't actually care all that much about competition results. Uh, and I'm more looking for somebody that represents themselves online or in front of other people the same way that I want to represent my company. And so that's why I said another business owner might like you know the jujitsu drama and might like that kind of aspect. I pick up a sponsor in that world because it's you know, it's visible. It works. I get it. That's not the kind of message that I want my company to to go in. So I look for somebody that matches that view. But again, like competition results get them on podiums. It gets them visible. But uh, earlier we were talking about purple belt and up. And I feel like by then, you probably know if you've been competing regularly, certainly if you've been competing every month, you probably already have a reputation in the local jiu-jitsu community. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say yeah, for sure. You're probably, by the time you're a purple belt, you probably know, and you know enough of the je- the jiu-jitsu community in the area, and you probably know the prominent people, you probably have people at least, hopefully at least recognizing you. If If, if you don't have people recognizing your face at tournaments, there's a problem, right? Like, that's so that's why I said I don't care so much about competition results. Now that said, if you're a white or a blue belt, that competition result's gonna matter a lot more. But your your profile online is gonna matter way more. Uh, I think everything's just augmented. It's not so much that it's the competition value is less valuable, it's just that everything becomes much more important because you're far more likely to quit. You're far less likely to be known. You're far less likely to stick around. You know, like I, right. I think that's probably the best answer I can give to that. Is I want to know that you're sticking around and you're going to be a positive influence on not just my company, but jujitsu at large. In terms of what every business is going to want, they're all going to want to see that ROI kind of metric. What you can... You know, whatever kind of numbers you can bring to them in terms of what visibility and how how much money you can bring them, what kind of things you're going to do, like Kat mentioned earlier, whether they're going to sell your gear on their on their behalf, you know, on your behalf, that would help. If they were repping your tournament booths or something like that at mm-hmm. the time, that would help. Uh, it I find a lot of people just focus on social media exclusively, right. and 
Which is, it's is that enough, right? Like, is no, as far as you... No, I think people should be working little. to right. do more, like, in-person promotion. I think people should be actively promoting their sponsors at tournaments. You know, walk around. You, like Randall said, if you're competing for a certain amount of time, you're going to know everybody. Like, go talk to people and bring up conversations mm-hmm. about, like, your gear that you're wearing. Like, or maybe offer, if they have booths, you know, offer to help man the booths. And, like, all your friends are going to come visit you and congratulate you about matches if they see you competing at the same time. So, like... Right. You know, be there yeah. and be a positive representative of the company that's putting their money on the line to, you know, promote you as an athlete. Which, in that in that vein, like I am not, unfortunately, not sponsored by these folks, but I picked up a pair of these these Graps gloves. Which <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen these things. They look great. They're like little ninja ninja turtle hands um and i was i was wearing them at um the new breed tournament and i got a lot of questions about them right like hey what are those where did you get them how do you like them things like that and i I spent several minutes talking to people and saying like oh you know this is where you can get them uh they're you know i like them so far etc these are the the issues that i have had with them when i'm training and so on to so much they call and like just doing that and like that level of interaction is the kind of thing that I think you guys are talking about, like really be a representative of your brand that you're, you're sponsored by more than just on social media, more than just with the hashtags. You have to actually be out there being the face of the brand in a meaningful way. But before you have that opportunity, right before you're sponsored by a company, how, what is what do you suggest is something that you can use to demonstrate to a company that you're capable of doing that that you can do that? Oh man! I mean, that might be business perspective. That might be the owner. Yeah. I would love to hear Misty's really, feeling on that. I think a lot of that too can be subjective, depending on you know the business itself. Ultimately, I what I want to see is. You know, that the same thing I've been preaching the whole time, you have a good, clean um, representation of yourself and jujitsu out there. I want to see that you're going to be beneficial, but not that, just I mean, jujitsu at large, but I, like, I want to see I want to see strategies as to how you're going to build business for, for the gear shop. I want to see how you're going mm-hmm. to encourage other people. Give me concrete examples of how you're going to bring attention to it if you have to if that's if your only metric is how many have how many uh likes you have on your page or whatever that's fine that's a good starting point i think a lot of people that are just starting out trying to get sponsored tend to use that as the metric Mm -hmm. and the problem with that is i can go to fiverr right now and buy ten thousand likes you know it doesn't mean anything i can pay for a sponsored ad on facebook and 700 likes is probably five dollars worth you know it's nothing it's nothing but i don't want to buy likes i want actual I engaged customer positive represent yes i want a positive right. representation of my company right. that's what i want and it but again like you, we get back to the only way that i have to build a profile and present it to a company is with social media until i'm a sponsor for that company and can then you know push their product be the face of their product and stuff like that so how do you how do you navigate that catch 22 of, well, all I have right now is my social media. I want to move that into a a position where I have a relationship with a company. I need to show them I have value beyond my social media. What, 
what can be done by an athlete to, to bridge that gap, to make that step? Show that you're visible in the community. Show, compete a lot. Be on the podium if you can. Uh, show that you are a positive and get to know everybody else. Find out who the prominent people are. Meet them in person at tournaments if you can. Be respect, obviously be respectful of their time because people at tournaments or any kind of event, like I would never ever go up to Missy in the middle of fight to win and be like, so let's shoot the shit, you know? Oh my God, <laughs> you totally have no idea, to... man. You have no idea. Dude, you just, I see people do it all the time. You just run up but... next to her, you tap her on the shoulder. When she turns around, you take the selfie and then you run away. Yeah. And then you can <laughs> tell everybody, look, I'm tight with Missy. See, you should sponsor me. Like oh, when I was Lord. in when I was in Louisiana, I wanted to meet the guys that ran AGF, right? I, I thought yeah, they ran a tight ship. I really liked it. Uh, so I went up, but I specifically waited until not only were they done all the matches, but I waited until they were tearing up mats and everything. Like, they were already pulling everything up, and I said, hey, you know, I want to be respectful of your time. I just wanted to say hi. Just wanted to say you ran a great group. Uh, you know, I own this company, blah, blah, blah. Like, And they were like, oh. And then they made time for me. I didn't go and try to aggressively eat their time when they're in the middle of their their you know big moment, right? You heard the frustration in Missy's voice. I'm oh, sure, absolutely! Like, it's the same no matter who. It is. You know, I allocate my time very tightly. You know, and yeah. that's a huge, huge thing for me. If somebody can really just have a little bit of sympathy for me and what I'm going through at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't give the me a sales one. pitch when you sit down for weigh-ins. It's just not the time for right. it. Right. Yeah, right. Like, there's a, there's a room everything. full of hungry people, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I so I will everybody... say there's a lot of value in meeting someone in person, uh, especially if you could be that upbeat, you know, friendly person. That always helps a lot. But, like, the first time I ran a tournament booth, man, I was on 12 coffees. There was no relief for me, so I didn't get a bathroom break all day. I was just dancing around the booth, trying to handle everybody that was there. I had gear on three sides of me, so I had to keep an eye for shoplifting like that. It was it was insane. And then I had people try to introduce them to me or themselves to me because they knew I was ran four eight six on Reddit, and I was like, "Man, I'm so stoked to meet you, but not right now. I can't. I'm balancing like I can't do it." I yeah, I think a, I think a better option for people would maybe like, and I don't I don't know about you guys. Um, I think if it, in that situation, I think I would prefer somebody to come up to me and just politely be like, "Hey, I know you're busy right now, but um, if you have time later, I'd love to uh, like talk to you or whatever." Just like like a quick little thing to make sure that you know you actually do get to catch them and talk yeah. to them if you want how, to. So, how far does a uh, having a business card, something as simple as having a business card, go? Right, as part of I mean, just having a marketing package for yourself. A uh, marketing package is a different thing, but a business yeah. card—that's just another thing for me to lose. You yeah. know, yeah. I don't care. Yep. That's—I'm going to lose that before the end of the day. I the promise. The only reason you. you need to give somebody a business card is if they ask for it. Yeah. But a package—that's an That's a more interesting thing. If you can bring someone, maybe like a just a one-sheet uh, blurb. You mean like a resume? Really? Just not a resume. Something that just. It's it's just a brief your elevator pitch that you mentioned yeah. earlier on paper that just says here's who I am here's what social media I'm on here's what I've done for the community here's my record yeah basically I guess a resume is a fair yeah, point I it is it's it's saying, a resume I would love sorts. to see that I would love to, yeah, to have someone at a tournament should, come up um... and just hand me a one sheet 
summary of who they are and who they can or and a and a basic request of what they're looking for. Yeah, and then and I can, can just find, reach out like, to them if I can. You can find really, really nice looking templates online and stuff too. So it's not just like black and white text on a paper. You know, mm -hmm. you can find stuff where you can add photos in if you want to and stuff. Like there's tons of templates if you look up, uh, like if you Google search something like unique resume templates yeah. or modern resume templates, something like that. Like stuff will come up that has a little bit more of like a design aspect to it. Or like find a friend that's really good at art. If you're not really good at putting something together like that, find a friend who's good at art. I do it for my friends all the time. You know, that's why mm -hmm. I do the graphic design for a lot of the gyms that I train at. Right. Um, you know, it's just like find a, find somebody in your circle that can help you out and be willing to pay them. You know, like don't don't try and take advantage of them, but, you know, let help them yeah. for helping that, you. Yeah, that thing. turns into build a relationship with them, right? Like yeah. Yeah. all of a sudden yep. they're helping sponsor you. They're helping you create media material, pay them and get that word out to other athletes, right? Hey, yeah, this is the I, person that built my profile. Friend, like, if somebody, if my one of my friends came to me and asked me, I would honestly probably do it for free just for them because they're my friend. But if like some like a random person that I know in the mm -hmm. jujitsu community, I would be like, hey, give me twenty bucks, I'll make you a resume. Like I don't care, just give me the copy to throw into it, I'll make it pretty. You know, right. I think most, I think most people, if it's just like if it's a friendly thing and it's something quick to throw together, I don't think anybody's gonna charge you more than fifty bucks to throw something together that's nice and eye catching and you know hits all the bullet points in the right way so that uh, it's something that people actually want to pay attention. Yeah, to. I've I've worked with and known enough graphic designers though that I suggest that people offer to pay even if they're your good friend if they're your yeah. brother offer always to pay them always offer give to pay. them the and opportunity like, yep. right? but if you can't pay them find a way to trade with them yeah 100 percent. right if they decide that they wanted to to give you a freebie that's their decision and you should never yeah. be upset yeah. if they're like oh 50 dollars. yes that will be very helpful thank you i will put this together for you for 50 dollars. right that's Right, because yeah. I've I've run into a lot of people that are like, man, I asked my friend to design this thing, and they said they wanted me to give them forty dollars. That's crazy. It's like that's yeah, like, oh my god, we want you to pay us for what? a service. How often do you go into work for free? I don't understand <laughs> that. <laughs> Not so, me. Um. So yeah, and it it sounds like uh, uh an actual little like media resume is better than a business card, right? Because yeah. business cards just get tossed and lost. Right, mm -hmm. so something a little bigger than that, but not crazy. I assume nobody wants to be yeah. handed like a fifty-page folder full of like no, yeah. but a one-page stuff, yeah. a one-page blurb about what you've done in jujitsu and really that would stand out. out. I said a one-page uh, summary of what you've done in jujitsu and what you would be able to help with is leaps. I can't even begin to describe how much further this is than what 99% of people do. Right. It's so much more, just that little piece of effort, it guarantees mm -hmm. I'm going to remember you, it gives me something concrete, and even if I lose it, I'm still going to remember you because nobody has ever handed me um, any kind of concrete material. Mm -hmm. They've just been like, hey, free geese? Right. So yeah, like, that's yeah. not helpful. So it already <laughs> shows that you're willing to put in that much more effort than 99% oh, of the people, right? So and I'll, I'll say, I, I don't want to introduce a little bit of controversy. Say that if you are under 18 or a woman in jujitsu, you will probably stand out more. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, yeah that absolutely. Sucks. That sucks for adult men, but realistically, 
that's probably an edge that's going to help you right. uh, at least get get more a little more prominent because the women's I know like the Ontario I can't speak to the rest of Canada because I don't know the tournament scenes as well but the the women's seat in Ontario is incredibly supportive they help each mm-hmm. other constantly and it's something that I feel like is universally trying again. to be nah, I think Ugh. you just paused it's it, yeah it's yeah. universally it, the the women's everyone community... wants to see it grow Right. You know? The women's yeah. community is generally smaller, but it's also generally very tight-knit and very yeah. supportive and very interconnected, even from one region to another. Right. There are plenty of people in Georgia that travel out to like the Girls and Geese events and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that that they all know each other at this point, and that provides a really powerful marketing tool and a demographic to easily market to. It raises your profile within the sport because it's a little bit easier to stand out in a smaller community. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Discord's blasting me for ignoring men now. <laughs> Whatever. I should no. say I have sponsored a male. An adult male. We've we've I've sponsored one. We go we'll get that out of the way. But I yeah. So you have a fifty percent sponsorship rate for adult males. I am is what I'm hearing. I am perfectly equal across the board. <laughs> That's right. That? See, <laughs> fantasy, equal opportunity, right down the middle. Yeah. So, there we go. All right. So we are we're about ninety minutes. Oh goodness. Well, we're closing in on about two hours into this. Um, yeah. I think we've we've kind of covered a decent range of of topics as far as like what you should be doing as an athlete to create something that you can show to a company as well as how to approach those companies and and present it as a how can I build a relationship what can I do to help your company grow sure. more than what can you give me right now um, so do either of you guys have some final comments to add into this I would actually love to ask Missy what what changes like it's in terms of what I've said and in- the, the needs that I'm looking for. You know, fight to win is a very different type of thing to apply for. So I'm wondering what they're looking for in terms of what's going to improve, what what would improve an applicant's chances there? Because so, I heard videos are not always the greatest idea, right? Well, we talked about that earlier because I asked how they, they sort of picked their candidates and they, they have an application form and process. And after that, it's, right. you know, they're they're filtering it as best they can. I don't know if Missy wants to talk further about that or not, uh, because she already answered that question, Brandel. Well, no, (laughs) my question's a little different. I want to know what they're looking for as a, how applicants can apply. Right. Uh, Well, they can go to our, our, our website. It's f2wpro.com. And it's, it's a basic five question application, just uh, five or six questions asks for your general information. Um, once uh, we close out the applications, it's my job to create the database that uh, holds all the information and I add any information from the research standpoint that would make one person maybe stand out a little bit more than anybody else. Maybe it's a name that I've heard before, somebody that's had a lot of matches, somebody that's fought with us before, um, somebody, you know, d- d- you look at their Facebook and their Instagram and it has less to do with followers and more to do with the substance behind it you know we I kind of got a piggyback on on what a couple of things that y'all said was we generally don't like to book shitty people if you know somebody's a shitty <laughs> fucking person we don't want to deal with them you know um, 
yeah, I had a, a, this one dude in LA show up to weigh-ins and Muay Thai shorts and got super all up in Jeremiah Vance's face, and that shit's just not cool to me. You know, yeah. I never want to work with that dude again. So if somebody's generally a dick and it, uh, picks fights and is just a dick face person, it, <laughs> it, I'm kind of a dick face too. But I'm, that's from a business and numbers standpoint, and, you yeah, know, from a I, personal relationship standpoint, yeah. I love people very hard, and and you know, that's kind of a different story. But you know, when picking the athletes, we 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 generally try to stick with people that people love. And you so can you see get it. the applicant you, list and then you look them up individually to find out like if you haven't heard of them before. Is that how that yes. works? Yeah, wow. I think I would I would go that way too. Like I would rather pick somebody like I would eliminate people first by whether they publicly present themselves in a positive way or in a way that I would want to have representative of my yeah. business. I would eliminate those like I would immediately be able to be like no, I don't want that person. No, I don't want that person like without ever having to actually speak to them. You can just see how they present themselves and be like I don't want anything to do. That, that. is that's still an insane workload though. To, to individually 500 for my yeah. Age, right? Like 500 yeah. for my That is crazy. That's a lot of body breaks to get on the phone, you know, and look at Facebook. It, it is a it is a lot of work and and I you know, I do fuck up and and I've let some people through that I probably shouldn't have let through and I got kind of into a bad situation this past uh, event in Reno. I ended up booking a guy that's kind of mentally ill and he kind of fucked my shit up on an open <laughs> mat and he hurt me pretty bad. And yeah. Matchups are hard, though. Like, that's always... <laughs> you, you see that all the uh, way up and, to... You know, it just happens to be the one that I miss is the one that ends up hurting me. And it's yeah. just a hit or miss thing, you know? Right. And yeah. but, but I always, you know, Seth does a lot of work looking into the people... He, you know, Seth works like an animal to try to get the best people in the best matches every single time. I'm just the computer nerd. <laughs> yeah, it's. Not, I mean, you guys put in a crap ton of work for that. Even just just on candidate selection, that is an insane amount of work. And you That's know, another so, thing yeah. that 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 uh, that becomes visible when you go to the communities is you know some of these people that have these personas that people don't exactly like. Uh, you know. I don't judge people by what I see on the internet. I judge people by the way their students look at them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of times when I see this in person and how many kids and, and teenagers and grown-ups and even old people and overweight people and all the different types of people that we have in our community, the way that they inspire the people that they bring to the show, that's how I judge each person. Mm-hmm. And if it's somebody that creates a, a big positive wave in their community, we'll definitely bring them back every right. fucking time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which goes back to Rand's continued point about present yourself as a positive influence to jiu-jitsu. If you're looking to get a company involved with you, right, start with that. Start with presenting yourself as a positive influence, right? You can always talk shit later. You can always <laughs> do that. You cannot untalk the shit. Once you have talked shit, you, the shit's out there. You can't undo that. Right, so start out positive. If you decide start later, start out that... positive and show people how hard you're willing to work because that's super yes. important. Yeah. Right, super which goes important. to you may not be the best, but if you work hard, there's always a spot for you somewhere. Right, which goes to exactly hey, it. look, a printed resume already puts you ninety nine ahead of ninety nine percent of the applicants. That's how yes, right? that's how low the bar is. Little like kids and I, teenagers, don't let your mothers and, and people run your Instagram. You talk for yourself and let let yourself sound like a normal teenager. Uh, I always like, think that's cute. I always uh, think it's adorable when a mother just sponsors a kid. I think that's amazing. Uh, it's, I, 
I think it's adorable. I don't know. Eight-year-olds <laughs> don't talk like engineers. They talk like eight-year-olds. Right. You're totally right. <laughs> I think more people, like, I think I would be more willing to follow a kid that's, like, a sponsored kid on Instagram if it was actually him or Yes, fun. Right. Like, fun. I would rather follow my son on Instagram than Randall. Sorry, Randall. Well, Randall's That's Instagram boring. is really boring. <laughs> you know, like... It's really boring. So, all right, guys. I- any other final comments before we wrap up? No? Good. Oh. Fantastic. I want to, first of all, <laughs> I want to very much thank Missy Estrada with Fight to Win for putting up with our bullshit for two freaking hours. Yeah. Uh, they put on great shows. Everybody, even though you may have to actually give Flo a few dollars, you should still <laughs> watch Fight to Win pro- promotions. It is worth it. Well, I have to say, if you don't want to mess with Flo, just come to the show. That's See right. me at the door. Yeah, there you go. If yeah. you can get there in person, get there in person. Uh, I want to thank Kat for joining us on her inaugural podcast. Uh, I assume that she'll insist on coming back because she's that kind of person. Uh, but she was a, <laughs> a pleasure to have. Um, Randall, as usual, uh, glad to have you here. Glad to see you make your triumphant return to the podcast. You're not allowed it's to be on the next one because it's going to be about jujitsu drama, uh, and we have no use for you there. Oh, I could talk about how shit it is. Right, that's <laughs> why we don't want you around. So, jujitsu <laughs> politics. And for everybody listening, thank you for making it the entire one hour and fifty five minutes through this fucking train wreck. I hope to see you back next time.